Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. Uh, This is a monthly solutions-oriented talk radio show. Each month, we dedicate about 30 minutes uh, to explore contemporary issues and solutions in education leadership, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, This month, um, our guest uh, is Ms. Helen Westmoreland, um, who is the director um, of Family Engagement at the National PTA Center for Family Engagement. Uh, Welcome, Helen. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Perkins, for having me. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, to our uh, faithful listeners, welcome back, and thank you for being part of our family of over 5,000 listeners per month. And to our new listeners, we're glad you've joined us. So today, we're going to just have a talk with Helen about her work helping parents and uh, leaders in schools and teachers um, uh, become engaged and connected. Um, And so we're just excited to have her and hear more about the work they're doing uh, with the National PTA. And so um, I'm just going to ask Helen, tell us a little bit about you and and, uh, the work you're doing at uh, uh, National PTA. Sure. So the uh, Center for Family Engagement is a relatively new initiative of National PTA. Family engagement is obviously the lifeblood of parent-teacher association, Um, but our board uh, has really decided to reinvest in our mission with the Center for Family Engagement to look towards the future. So um, we are interested in identifying really innovative and transformative approaches to family engagement um, and raising awareness about those. Um, And obviously, uh, PTA is one of the oldest child and family advocacy organizations. So we're really interested in not just identifying those best practices, but helping them really become part of the fabric of the educational system. Um, So parent voice is really represented in how we think about family engagement practices and policies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you know, um, it's interesting because I was just talking to uh, one of my colleagues uh, just this morning who is a principal, and, um, and she shared um, some, some really interesting perspectives about engagement because, you know, even thinking about it as parent-teacher, even out, you know, it comes from a, a time uh, where that it, certainly the name of the organization, even you know national PTA, but families are far more extensive and expanded than just parents being involved. Um, how how are you addressing that in how you are are thinking about um, the the training that you you do and the the workshops that happen at your your national conference and what have you. That's a great question. I think um, you're absolutely right that sort of what the traditional family looks like has changed. And even I would say how a family sort of functions as a unit and gets information and supports one another and their kids' success has changed a lot in the past few years. Mm -hmm. So um, we're really intentional about um, 
you know, calling this work family engagement. You know, some, some folks think of it as semantics, but um, it is beyond a traditional just parent. You know, we have grandparents raising kids and mentors who play an incredibly important um, role in the life of kids and aunts and uncles and siblings even. So I think that that really inclusive definition of what we mean by family engagement um, as any caring adult in a child's life um, is important. Um, and I think, you know, we, we also have to recognize that, you know, families are often working at very different times of day or night or otherwise. So a big part of our training and messaging is also meeting families where they are, really understanding the unique context of families in your own community um, and figuring out how you can reach them, perhaps in some non-traditional ways, um, sure. so that they have the tools and information to support their kids' success. Sure. So, so tell me a little bit about what you've seen that people are using that you've described as non-traditional ways. What are, what are, what are some of the things you're seeing out there? Yeah. So um, we think about this um, at PTA as we call it transformative family engagement. Um, and it's really very purposely focused on both equity and effectiveness. So transformative family engagement are those things that reach each and every parent, like regardless of their circumstance, their zip code, their language, all of that, um, but also are really driven to have an impact on kids and their ability to thrive in the world. And I think there's some really unique approaches out there that sort of exemplify this transformative um, model of family engagement. One of them I really like um, is the parent-teacher home visits project. Um, these are um, relationship-building home visits. Some of you in your audience may be familiar with home visits. When, when our kids are little, sometimes we'll do home visits, teach your kids how to play and read and these are really home visits, um, sort of like you alluded to, Dr. Perkins, in your intro, that build connections between parents and teachers where um, teachers are actually compensated to go in pairs outside of their contract hours to go to parents' homes. And, um, you know, these are scheduled visits where they talk about what do you want for your child and what have your experiences been in school and how can we work together as a team to support your kid's success and I think particularly when you're thinking of communities where parents don't feel comfortable in the school or themselves have potentially had bad school experiences or um, don't always feel like they've been respected. And teachers, too, who feel like I'm spinning my wheels trying to reach parents and nothing is working. This is one of those models that I think really sort of um, flips that parent-teacher relationship around um, and, and starts off from a really equal playing field so you can have a lot of those, you know, at times difficult conversations um, between parents and teachers, um, but starting from a place of sort of shared understanding and, and mutual respect, which is important. Sure, sure. You know, you, you raised a couple of, uh, of uh, really interesting points that, um, I'll share with you a few years back, um, National PTA uh, was involved um, with uh, um, a study that I did in, in urban school environments and it was published, a, a report was published called uh, What We Think. And it was uh, probably about uh, somewhere between 10 and 12,000 parents uh, nationally in some urban schools were surveyed. Um, the analysis, there were a couple of things that really stood out. Um, one was about asking parents where uh, or what was their primary uh, uh, source 
of information about their child's school. One mm. of the choices was uh, personal experience. And to my surprise and my research team's surprise was that it wasn't, that wasn't the number one, uh, the number one place that influenced their, their information about their child's school. It was, they said it was um, um, newspaper. And I just thought that was really interesting that, you know, even though they had children in the district, um, they relied on the newspaper to tell them um, and f- help them form their opinion about the schools. And so um, in this conversation I had with my colleague who, who um, actually um, said that, you know, one of the things that they they actually try to help their parents understand that they need from them also is advocacy. And so that they, they are trying to teach them how to be advocates for various policies of the State Department, not just, you know, the marches on the state, you know, the state capitol, but to actually be successful lobbyists of sorts to go and talk to their state legislators, even their national legislators to, to, do, to, to vote in certain ways about policies that impact them all the way down to the classroom level. So what are what are some of the things like along those lines that you're doing to help parents understand um, how important they can be in in the the role of advocates for for their schools? Yeah, um, I, I I completely agree that that um, is incredibly important, and PTA's mission is to um, engage families to advocate for all kids. So it's really part of our foundation as an organization. And there's some really interesting things PTAs are doing. I was just speaking to um, one of our parent leaders um, here in uh, Fairfax County, Virginia, um, who was talking about one of the things their district PTA did was bring together um, parent leaders, parents, PTA members from across the districted officials to have a meet and greet and really both sort of build some of those relationships and connections, but also hear about and ask questions about some of the things that are um, impacting their kids, whether it's, you know, a safe passageway to get to school or, um, you know, the status of recess, right, in their buildings. So all of those things. And I think that is an important function of PTA um, and, and an important role for parents to play, that parent advocacy role um, when you look at the research of what are the kinds of things parents do to support their kids' success, and you know, we're talking about family engagement, and and one of the things I've learned doing this work is it means something different to everyone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it 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 really depends on what you're talking about. Um, but if you look at you know all the multitude of ways parents can support their kids' success, that advocacy role not just for all kids, but especially for their own kid, Um, you know, whether that's requesting a teacher who I know some of your principal audience may cringe hearing that, right, but, um, or, you know, advocating for your kid to get certain services, that is more predictive of kid success than almost anything else. And so the barrier is a lot of times families, you know, encounter obstacles um, in the school system or don't know how to navigate that process to speak mm-hmm. up for their child and, and all kids. So 
So one of the things PTA does is really try to sort of break that down into helping parents understand, you know, their rights and responsibilities, but also those bigger conversations about the direction of um, the school system and um, the state of the, you know, the education their kids are receiving. Um, so they have access to some of the decision makers um, and a forum to really um, share their opinions and, and learn more. Sure, sure. Um, you know, as you talked, I, I, I thought about something else you said with um, regard to, um, you know, the the shifting of of what we mean in families, not just in the makeup of families internally, but also shifting demographics. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I think about, I mean, you, you, you mentioned the way communication happens, a uh, variety of languages. Uh, interestingly, in the same study, um, w- was something that you know principals said was valuable information for them to have was that we we found out that um, parents who indicated that their primary language was Spanish, um, when we we further disaggregated the data, they were ones that felt least welcomed at the school at the same time, and so I think not just because it was Spanish-speaking um, uh, uh, persons, but that that the, the idea that there were not uh, a lot of materials that were available in the language that makes them comfortable, you know, their home language, might have contributed to that. And so, um, uh, so to, to further the point, um, I, I had mentioned to another colleague, I, I said, uh, you know, tell me about some of the things that you're doing at your, at your school beyond the typical spaghetti dinner to get parents mm-hmm. involved, you know, uh, bake sales and things like that. And, and so he laughed and said, well, it's funny you should say that because we are having um, a spaghetti dinner soon, <laughs> and I was like, "Really? You still, like?" I didn't realize that people still did spaghetti dinners, and and he went further to say, "But what what also happened since that time is that he said, you know, most of the parents, so the the school is made up of um, probably sixty eight percent Hispanic, and and a parent came to me and said." Why are you having a spaghetti dinner? Why don't you have uh, a uh, uh, empanada or you know um, uh, some other uh, ethnic dish uh, um, that is more representative of the people who are here, not a pasta dinner? And 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 honestly, he said, I just didn't think of it that way um, initially. So I think you know, I'd, I'd love to hear. Um, what you are seeing, if you're if you're seeing shifts in approaches that would be more welcoming to parents, thinking more about uh, diversity um, in, yeah. in that. <clears throat> Absolutely, I, I think you know I alluded to one earlier, which is this parent-teacher home visit work um, that really you know attempts to meet parents where they are. Um, but I think welcoming means different things to different people. Um, And so I would, you know, applaud your colleague and that principal for actually asking the question of, 
you know, what do you want to get out of this event and what kind of food do you want served? Um, my colleagues at National PTA are leading a Hispanic Latino outreach initiative um, where they're working with some PTAs across the country to try to identify some more innovative approaches to, to exactly what you're asking about, to, to creating a more welcoming environment, um, particularly across language barriers. And um, one of the things that they found is, you know, there are um, some PTAs that are also going out into the community, whether that's to, you know, the local factories or poultry plants or wherever where parents may be working um, to ask them about it. So I would I would sort of underline that I think one of the major shifts in welcoming is thinking not just about what happens at your school building, but thinking about your school community beyond those four walls. You know, mm-hmm. you've got um, kids are spending 86% of the time outside those walls. And so mm-hmm. part of being transformative in how we approach family engagement is really sort of shifting our mindset that they've always got to come here, right? It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. thinking about how can – how can we sometimes go to families or give them information and tools that we might not always see? So um, you asked about some other things that are out in the field, and one of the other approaches I really love, because I think your question was getting a little bit at communication too, is Mm -hmm. um, there's an organization called Power My Learning um, that does what's called family playlists, um, and they really utilize, you know, mobile cell phone technology um, to make what has sometimes been a painful experience for parents, homework help, right? Like how many mm-hmm. teachers, how many principals wish like <laughs> parents could help, make sure homework gets done. Um, and family playlist really sort of changes the way, um, you know, families, students, and teachers work together to support kids mm-hmm. where um, kids go home talk to their parents about what they learned, you know, on the mobile device, the lesson will pop up aligned to their classroom learning. The kid will actually teach it to their parents. Um, So there's that great metacognition um, experience. And then, you know, the mobile app will ask parents, you know, what was this like? And what did your kid learn? And get feedback. And then it just creates this um, really incredible triangle three-way um, communication between students and parents and teachers about what they're learning in the classroom. And that mm-hmm. is something that is invisible to whoever's working inside the school, right? It's not that typical parents are coming to thing, but it's really, again, mobilizing parents as your partners and learning in their own home environment using some creative technology. And so I think that's part of the shift um, recognizing our shifting demographics, but also just the shifting way we get information is, um, you know, we're not always going to see it. There is real value in that face-to-face meeting and relationship building and community building um, at the school. That breaks down a lot of barriers. Um, mm-hmm. But there's there's other ways and more ways we can we can sort of extend that and be even more intentional about. That. Sure, sure. Thank you for that. For those of you who have just joined us, we have. Um, our special guest, Ms. Helen Westmoreland, who is the um, director for the National PTA's Center for Family Engagement. And we're just talking a little bit about uh, the, the kinds of uh, strategies that uh, uh, schools and school communities are using uh, to increase engagement and to uh, have better quality engagement uh, in their schools. Uh, we we have time uh, towards the end. I'm going to 
um, take calls. Um, if we, we have some time, uh, if you're interested in calling in and have a comment or a question for Ms. Westmoreland, please call 657-383-1481. Again, 657-383-1481. Um, in the second half here, what I'd like to do is shift a little bit. I mean, we, we've touched on um, a, a bit um, around the kinds of advocacy. We've talked about uh, other things that um, that that are possible and the, the great work that you're doing at National BTA. Um, I did want to to um, ask a little bit and uh, some of my questions um, around community. Uh, I don't want to just say community engagement, but it's really about community development. Um, we at Teachers College, as you know, I'm a professor in um, Oregon leadership um, at Teachers College, and and we we prepare superintendents. We I'm the director of a program that prepares principals, and what we we really drive home for our uh, students and uh, and and the alum is that whether you want to be or not, when you take on that role as a principal, you really are a community leader because schools are not just about you know reading, writing, and arithmetic, but they are in fact community and uh, development. Um, and so I'd just love to hear a little bit about. You know, you said uh, a few things about some of the training that happens for your parents. Um, but I'm also interested in what do you see where it, that if you have success stories where um, there are groups that that uh, in schools that have um, different roles that they play. Um, I, I've been to some schools where the PTA actually has their own room set aside. And they, they have meetings also, not just at night, but they have meetings during the day, that they are actively engaged in projects that happen uh, within the school and, and all around in the community, whether they are community literacy projects that are also projects for financial literacy, things like that. Do you also a national PTA have those kinds of initiatives? Yes, absolutely. I think um, one of the things that's important to know about PTA is they're not all school-based. So, in fact, we have community-based PTAs um, in some communities. We have um, PTAs that have a shared focus on supporting students with special needs in some communities. Um, so PTA can play a variety of roles, um, but even those who are school-based are often reaching out. Um, one of our national PTA has standards for family school partnerships, um, and one of those six kind of key standards is around um, just what you're talking about, Dr. Perkins, um, community partnerships and community building. And thinking about the role of PTA, um, not just as sort of that bridge, right, between home and school, but also to community um, and supporting development of community as a whole. So many PTAs will um, leverage and bring in partnerships with community partners, whether those are social service agencies, such as organizations that may give out free eyeglasses or food yeah. or any of those things, 
or um, local businesses. So they might partner with a grocery store to have, you know, free snacks at a um, parent-teacher conference day or childcare even at a parent-teacher conference day. So I think that's one of the real um, assets of PTAs and organization is their ability to sort of make those connections to support um, the school community. Um, and I'd just say also to your, to your first point around um, principal training and sort of the role of the principal changing, um, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think um, it's, it's incumbent upon all of us to that work in the education system to think about how we prepare school leaders and teachers um, to really have this impact and connect with their students' families. Um, it would be, I think, um, somewhat naive of us to think we could just keep our heads inside those school walls, right? Like we are affected right, right. by what is going on in the community with our families, um, no matter what. And so I think there's ways to work smarter, not harder, when you think about whether it's back to school night or parent-teacher conferences, some of these sort of memorialized family engagement activities on the school calendar. Um, but we really need to be sure we are providing the training and guidance to the folks that work in schools um, to be able to make those connections. I mean, it's, it's hard enough to get all the training in to work with kids, but um, working with adults and working with families is a big part of an educator's yeah. job and an administrator's job. And so we don't really set our people up um, to really be satisfied in their jobs and as successful as they can be if we don't provide that same level of training as we would um, with, you know, good curriculum or behavior management, you know, family engagement, family and community engagement, when you look at the research on school improvement is just as important as some of these other sort of really highly prioritized levers, right, for school improvement. Um, but when it comes to the PD calendar, when it comes to budget, um, it doesn't always get the same amount of um, sort of prioritization as the results would indicate it should. Um, so I, I commend you for, for bringing that up and, and doing the support because, um, you know, we, we need to support not just parents to be successful, but the folks inside the school system to really meet those parents um, and, and, and partner with them to support student success. Sure. And, and, and to your point about, you know, really the, the research pointing to the places where there, there is uh, family engagement and the connection to uh, academic achievement, uh, motivation from students, and, and just the overall a positive outlook that they have um, on on the school experience. Um, uh, it is surprising to me, um, however, um, how there are um, a significant number of places that don't have um, organizations. Now, whether or not they are part of kind of the national PTA organization itself, but you know, just as you described, family engagement. Um, groups that are are working together. Um, what what is your suggestion if if there's someone out there listening who is is not involved in one, but there's really um, uh, there's one on paper, but somewhat defunct. What do you suggest to the parent or even uh, the the in a, from a leadership perspective, uh, people who are out there that really want parents involved, what are the first steps to making that happen? 
Absolutely. Um, well, I'd encourage anybody to go to PTA's website, pta.org, um, where there's some um, really robust resources around starting a parent organization in your school community. Um, and, you know, I think what some people may not know about PTA is, you know, we are an association of independent nonprofits. So mm-hmm. your school's PTA is knows its community best and is independent to sort of set itself up and govern itself and, um, you know, follow the bylaws, but at the end of the day, really do what they think needs to be done to support kids' success. So um, so they can go to other PTAs in their community. Um, many uh, districts have a district PTA, and if not, you have a state PTA um, who are all there to support you um, in thinking about, you know, those first steps to get started. Um, and I would say another place to go, whether – if a parent organization isn't the right first step for you, you just want to learn more about sort of family engagement, you can also go to pta.org forward slash family engagement, where we've got some um, resources on a lot of what we're talking about, transformative approaches to family engagement and um, how you might think about what you're doing and sort of creative ways to meet the needs of your families and, um, you know, in these changing times. So, so those are a couple of places I might start. Um, but, but, you know, there's, there's starting is half the battle, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we right. know right. folks, um, parents and folks inside schools have a lot on their plates, a lot of competing demands. Um, so whatever you can do to protect a little bit of time and space to think about this and sort of really put together a strategy, um, I, I encourage Thank you. Thank you for that. And and just one closing comment for me is that, you know, I, I know because I've heard from a number of people in leadership roles in buildings who sometimes say things like, well, I, I you know, I have a healthy level of parent engagement. I don't need more, you know. Um, um, <laughs> that I, I also encourage um, the parents that are out there to not also think of the PTA as that you know, that, that, uh, that board that they use to um, try to someone or to, um, to raise only complaints, that it's more than just the, the, the organization that is, is to just really accountable um, in structures like PTA that um, have um, where, where questions are asked about um, the role that that each constituent group plays in the success of of children in the building, and it's not just just about um, having your complaint heard or a process for your complaint, but it's really um, also about support. And I heard that from you loud and clear um, because there's a lot you know there's a lot of work, and not to be cliche about it, it is it is far bigger than a village at this point that we need. Um, to raise the children that are that are in our schools, and so um, these, I think, associations like PTA um, go a long way to helping us uh, fulfill the promise of what public education and education in general uh, provide. Um, so, um, Mr. Westmoreland, I, I really want to thank you. Um, you know, we're we're out of time, but I, I encourage um, those of you who. Um, are interested uh, in learning more about uh, National PTA um, to go to the website. Um, it is pta.org. 
And um, we, we really appreciate having you um, talk a little bit about what, what it takes to get the adult uh, care, uh, caretakers involved. Um, and so to those of you who have joined us, again, thank you for listening in. And uh, we hope to hear and from you in the future and see um, you again. Thanks again, Ms. Borland. Uh, go well. Stay well. Thank you.